Welcome to Rough Drafts, How God Writes His Love in Our Stories, a podcast that explores the faith journeys of our friends and neighbors in Burns, Tennessee. Everyone has a story to tell, and in this podcast, we'll hear powerful and inspiring stories of how God works in the ordinary lives of people like you and me. Our stories are unfinished and perfectly imperfect. They are just rough drafts, a glimpse of what is to come because God is still at work, writing plot twists, introducing new characters, and bringing good even from the most challenging circumstances. Join us as we see what God is up to in our stories. Here's your host, Matthew Hyatt. Well, we have another educator with us today, a volleyball coach, yeah. I think, a, a descendant, oh, that sounds like everyone's dead or something, but <laughs> a descendant. <laughs> Of one of the great preachers of our region, yeah, Wild Bill. Yes, we have Brittany Harden today. Welcome. Hey, thanks. You're here. I'm here. <laughs> I'm here. <laughs> you know, it's been funny to me. Um, like I knew people would be nervous about doing this because it's weird to put a giant microphone in your face and talk to somebody. Like this is yeah. not what normal people do for fun. No, but um, I don't think I was actually prepared for just how freaked out people would be. But then how happy they would be when they left. Yeah. Maybe it's because it was over and the torture was done. (laughs) (laughs) A little Stockholm Syndrome thing going on. But so far, everybody's been pretty glad when we finish. So I hope that's your experience today. So tell me what you're doing in the university days. You're teaching, you're coaching. What's the the Brittany story? I'm doing both. I taught second grade for nine years. And then I had already gotten my master's in SPED. And that was kind of my intention to move into that role at some point. Um, My mom kind of led the way with special education. She was a life skills assistant and she's always had a heart for them. And I think that just trickled right down to me. So I've just always had a love for, you know, special needs babies or kids that, you know, just don't quite get it, Mm. you know, that need that extra little bit of push. So um, I, I made a big jump. The job wasn't available at the school that I was at at the time. So the principal at the middle school, you know, let me know there was a job opportunity, and then volleyball fell in my lap from there, which has been huge. That's I super cool. Yeah. Well, yay. Well, you know, this is this is fun because sometimes when I come in, um, like I kind of know somebody's story. I'm like, mm-hmm. hey, you know, you're going to talk about X, Y, and Z. But other times when we do this, I have absolutely no clue because other than like the stories we told while we were on the mission trip together last summer, right? Um, in my introduction, I almost told everything I know about you. So, yeah. like, I have no clue what your story is. This is going to be fun. <laughs> Great. So, what, what's your God story? Um, I I feel like I'm I'm a pretty typical, pretty typical person. Just, um, I grew up Church of Christ, you know, Bill Shouse, my sweet little granddaddy. You know, I grew up going to Midway. Um, Midway is Midway between charlotte and ashland city yeah, literally so midway, midway church christ right how um, long has your granddad been th- at that church oh my gosh it's 50 something years in at least Maybe yeah because he was at james avenue and then he went there and i mean it's been since my mom was t-tiny and she's 50 gosh she'll be 54 this year my mom will we've got to do this with, so, you, with your grandpa that he's got some stories he has lots of stories he's he's had a He's had a total God-filled life, so it's been, you know, it's it's nice to see him. and He, he is one of my favorite kind him. of just cool, encouraging, real, real people. Absolutely. Um, and I hate to say you don't always run into that in preacher's meetings, 
but he was a bright shining star in the preacher's meetings. I love Bill. The person you see on Sunday is the person you see Monday through Friday and on Saturday and every other day in between. He is the most constant, just positive. He he is who he is. And I love that about him. I guess when I came to town, um, you know, I got to know him through those preacher's meetings and, you know, he was at the preacher's meeting, sort of dressed like a preacher, you mm-hmm. know, all that sort Always. of stuff. And then um, I came to Camp Weatherwood to speak at some point and yes, there was, I was in shorts destroying people in volleyball in like upper 70s. Uh-huh. And yep. it was sort of like, what is happening? Yes. Like, I love him. He is I, so cool. Me too. <laughs> okay, so this this episode is actually called the Bill Schaus Fan Club. Thanks right. for listening. Have a great this week. Was, we'll catch you. Great. We'll catch you next time. So that had to have had a big impact in your faith, having a granddad like that. Absolutely. And, you know, again, like I think we've talked about so many times, like I feel like the men are always the ones that kind of get to stand out and shine. But my grandmother, 100%. I, look, I'm already start. I'm already start crying. I'm already in this. Going to start right, crying. This is a record. Four um, minutes, twenty three wow, seconds. Yeah. Um, but my grandmother, you know, I think there's times that my grandfather would agree that he's who he is because my grandmother was so such a strong supporter, and mm-hmm. she's always been the one that you know got the kids where they were going. She always took care of us and and made sure that you know the grandkids were doing so he could you know be who he is you know for everybody else. She kind of yeah. did all the stuff behind the scenes, but. I, that is one thing I can 100% say is I have two of the best grandparents mm. that ever walked. Two of the best examples you could ever, ever, ever hope for um, to to mold your life after. So I'm really grateful. That's the thing I don't think people understand or appreciate about. And it's not just ministry. It's true of a whole lot of vocations and careers. But yeah. like you and I are sitting down on a Monday at five something in the afternoon recording this. Mm-hmm. So like Leslie is carrying a little bit extra load right now. Right. So that I can be here to do this. Right. And, you know, if she were against that, this wouldn't happen. So, right. Um, I know this is not the point of today's show, but one of the things I've, I forget who told me fairly early in ministry. They said, make sure people know that your wife is not an employee of the church. She is not the preacher's wife. Yeah. She is a member here and she does what she does. And the moment anyone tries to do anything different, you you go for blood. Right. I mean, yeah. and I'm so grateful that we were given that advice and that the Church of Burns has been so good to to let her be her, yeah. not try to force her to be the first lady of the Burns Church or right. some garbage like that. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. Sorry. That's enough about my family and your grandparents. <laughs> yeah. So you grew up in the church? I did. Um, I, you know, I was at um, Leatherwood the year you came because that is how I knew you you got identified as the guy who rode the bicycle backwards for me oh, yeah, you, yeah, you yeah. will forever go down in my memory as that person but yeah I grew up I, I got to go to Leatherwood early because Papa was there so I kind of got to jump into that um, I went on my first mission trip when I was uh, nine years old my mom got major ridicule for that um, maybe I was 10 I might have been 10 but I mean she did we went to Guyana South America and you know, lots of people, you know, really gave her a hard time for that. It ignited my love for missions. And yeah. that's, you know, been a thing ever since. And so I I grew up, you know, Midway small. Anybody who knows Midway knows it's it's really little. You know, I was one of, you know, very few growing up. I didn't have, you know, a huge youth group. We went in and out of some great um, youth ministers. And I was actually baptized at the age of eight, which a lot of people, you know, are like eight, but 
you know, I felt like I had a really strong background and I had a great family that really encouraged me a lot. So, you know, a lot of people would say, well, you're, you know, eight, eight years old, but I was ready. Like I I knew it. I knew in my heart and my papa, you know, he was real particular about asking me all the questions and sitting me down. And you had to write a dissertation to satisfy him on practically. And he looked at my mama one day and he said, she's ready. Like she is ready. So um, I started that journey really early. And to say that I've, you know, fallen off of that a ton of times is, I mean, typical for anybody. But, you know, I kind of I believed the things that you know, I grew up being told and I had sweet little Sunday school teachers and I've always had, you know, great people to encourage me. And, you know, I, I, I feel like I was just a really good kid. You know, I kind of just lived that life that, you know, I enjoyed going to church. I enjoyed being there. We were involved in any and everything. We were there every time the doors opened. Every if time you, the doors were open. Listen, I knew that you was the phrase. If you weren't like, dying and dragging a limb my mother was like we're there like there's no excuse I mean I'm pretty sure there's a time or two we might have shown up with favor let's be honest I'm I'm sure yeah (laughs) yeah I had that same sort of like church upbringing Uh that I I think I remember two or three times total that I was on a couch and it just felt so wrong to be Uh, at home while the rest of the family was at church what's going on yeah so I mean we just we never missed and so I, I just feel very blessed I feel like I had a very strong childhood I I didn't I mean I experienced the family trauma you know I had my mom went through a lot and you know my adopted dad he you know struggled with addictions and so I dealt with those things but my mom's faith through all of that was always so strong and such a good you know example for me and um, we leaned on each other through a lot of things and that relationship has continued now you know she's one of my best friends and you know, she's kind of my person. She's my prayer warrior for sure. If I yeah. if I need a prayer, it's I, I just tell mama and I know that it's covered. So my mom's kind of had, you know, a huge impact on just keeping me grounded to know that, you know, no matter what you go through, like, you know, keeping your faith yeah. is everything. And, you know, my grandparents are supportive. But um, I think I think my faith kind of took a really big turn when I went to college. Okay. Um, I had a full ride to MTSU and my best friend was going there and I kind of had my heart set. Like I wanted to play volleyball. That was always my goal, um, to play volleyball in college. And I loved it. And, you know, I, I had my life, I'm kind of a mapper, like I map my life out and I feel like I really like have my, you know, they say, you know, make plans, God Mm -hmm. laughs. I, I really did. Like, I kind of just knew what I wanted to do. And you had the schedule and the I did. Like, I was like, I'm, you know, I'm going to do this thing. I was that kid. You know, I always wanted good grades. I always wanted, you know, to make everybody proud. I kind of coasted through high school and, yeah. and did my thing. And I had, you know, good friends. And so um, Faulkner University was where I went. Okay. So not um, MTSU. Not MTSU. Um, and the craziest part is I went into a lot of debt to go to Faulkner University, which is nuts. But we went to Winterfest, and I think I just wound up going by their table and filling something out to get something for free. Let's that's be how honest. They sucker I you. mean, that's that's what it was, yeah. and they just kept coming, and they just kept, you know, I already had my mindset. I already kind of knew what I was going to do, and it's like my mom said, they just kept sending us mail, and it was here. Here's this scholarship, and here come for this, and the last one was a Scholars Day invitation, and it was, you know, you you're based on your ACT, whatever, like. You could come earn more money, come for the weekend, just tour, you know, let us see what it's about. And at the time, um, my stepdad, he was like, let's do this. 
And my mom's like, what do you, what do you mean? He's like, let's do it. Like, let's yeah. take her. Let's just see, you know, it just, and I got there and it just, I told mom, I was like, this is cool. And, and I'm a, I'm a family girl. I'm not a, wasn't going to go super far away from home, anything yeah. like that. And so going there, I think kind of changed my faith because it allowed me to figure out who I was. Um, I got plugged into an amazing campus ministry, Landmark Church. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if you know who Buddy Bell is, but golly, I could just eat him up. He is just one of the best. And he actually was, you know, at him and my papa where the, they took turns at our wedding, you know, because he meant so much to us. So we got plugged in at Landmark and in the Landmark Campus Ministry. And it was just like, it was Christianity I hadn't experienced before. It yeah. was, you just, you craved being there. You just wanted to be there every moment. It was like if they had an event, you wanted to be there because yeah. you just, I mean, it was. These are your people. Yes. And it was so nice. And it was, you know, where I met Vance. And it just, everything started to click. And I told mom, I said, this is totally God. Like he had every intention of me going to Faulkner. And then, you know, within a year, I got a volleyball scholarship. Okay. And so I. Kind of walked on. And- I did. I, I jumped in. Um, I decided after my first year that I just wanted to just be there and do my thing. Yeah. And I did that. And my coach there, Tori Bartels, was phenomenal. She actually went to church with us. So it was really cool that I kind of got plugged in there. And so. Multi, uh, multi kind of dimensional relationship yes. there. The coach thing, the it church was. thing, the school thing. Uh-huh. And um, some people from back home came and. So we kind of got to make some connections for back home. And, you know, it was just, I mean, Vance is from Mississippi and it's like my parents find out I'm I'm dating this Mississippi boy and they're like, what in the world? Like, he's from Mississippi. You're supposed to be coming home to Tennessee. Like, this is not part of your plan. So like, that's where you guys met. I don't, I think I'd missed that part of the story. Yes. And he actually wasn't there for school. Um, he came for a job. So okay. it's crazy. He got a call from Montgomery, Alabama. And he had no intentions of moving away from home either. And he yeah. took this job maintaining this huge nursery there. And he was young, you know, yeah. and he started attending through one of our mutual friends, invited him to the campus ministry. And, you know, the rest is history with us. And it yeah. was super cool because it was within a very short amount of time that we met. And um, so we split our time between Mississippi and Tennessee. And, you know, we both came from a very small I'd say very small church. And so we both were kind of, you know, we'd always say that we kind of took over the youth group and we were kind of, you know, the ones that were there all the time. And so we didn't always have big and lots of participation always. And so to be in a place like that, I think it just really changed our faith and who we were. And Landmark was a landmark for you. It was. I mean, it started, I really, I'm not going to say I questioned things that I grew up learning, but I had the opportunity then to ask questions. Well, look, if if your faith at 30 is not different than your faith at 18, yeah. you weren't lucky enough to get it all right at 18. I'm sorry. Ain't nobody that like, it's right. not a good sign if you don't have some questions and some different answers and yeah. some different questions at different stages along your life. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it was just, I had the opportunity to talk to lots of people who had had lots of experiences and had been through a lot of things. And that's not to say that you can't get that here. It was just, you know, when your congregation is, you know, 
as small as they were, I mean, you're limited to who you talk to, your interactions and things. And it just felt like, you know, the world kind of opened up when we went there. And, you know, I, I just kept telling mom, I'm like, this was all God. Like, I got plugged into an amazing education program there. I mean, I I would say hands down, probably one of the best education programs. You know, I got really close with a couple of the teachers that I had. They wound up giving me a bunch of their stuff. Like, I mean, it was just I built lifelong relationships with people and met some of my best friends. And I did the Freed Hardeman thing. Yes. And when I went to Freed, um, I was encouraged by some some church members to go do it. Uh, but I remember the, the student, you know how people get the job on campus of being like admissions reps. Uh-huh. And, I, I still remember the guy who called me, mm-hmm. uh, Brandon Post is his name. And we ended up going to church together, sheer accident, Providence, coincidence, whatever. Oh, wow. Uh, but it was such a home to us. And there's, there's things about that campus that aren't always the healthiest. Yeah. Um, and there's criticisms of Christian schools, the cost. Absolutely. The debt. I mean, yep. there's some legitimate issues that have to be talked through. Mm-hmm. But people who have not had that experience of living on those campuses don't understand what a cool relational time it is. Um, I remember thinking about a month in, it's like if church camp never stopped is kind of what it was like. And I mean that in the most positive way. Yes. Um, It was so cool to have these friends and these relationships with professors that my state school friends dreamt like when they found out like that we'd have dinner at our professor's houses like oh yeah every week yeah like you wait you did what yeah and yeah yeah we look back and probably roll our eyes at some of the rules and the curfew and you know some of the stuff that was a little bit whatever but yes the relationships that come from that that was some cool stuff i mean probably the funeral i've cried the hardest at was one of my professors yeah which you know you don't hear people saying that at ut right I mean, I'm sure somebody does, but, you know, it's not it's not par for the course. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. It's, you know, and I agree, you know, a lot of my family went to Freed. That, you know, is a big piece of my family. And, you know, um, we actually haven't had anybody go through Lipscomb. We've had family members um, work there, but it's been Freed. And then I was the only one, you know, that that went Faulkner. And yeah. All you my know. people were harding, so yes. they thought I was a And it's crazy because it's like a school that never existed in my mind until one yeah. fest happened. And um, But yeah, it was just, it was a good time for me to learn a lot about myself. Mm-hmm. Um, just, I guess, figure out who I was, what I believed, what really stuck out to me, you know, the kind of person that I wanted to be, the things that I was really interested in. Yeah. Um, serving has always been something that, you know, I've watched my parents do for a long time. I've watched my grandparents do. And, you know, when you're younger, I mean, you have your opportunities, but I feel like they took the time to really find where I plugged in and utilize me in a lot of different ways there at Landmark. And you were never, I mean, there was never a time that you couldn't figure out, you know, where to be, how to go. You know, I went to Turkey um, through them and for two full weeks. And it was, you know, I just, I got lots of experiences that I will I will never forget and that I will never not completely appreciate um, just growing and becoming, you know, who we were because, you know, fast forward, we moved back and it's like, you know, Vance and I struggled for a little while just trying to figure out where do we fit in Yeah, because you come from a church like Landmark and then you move back and you're like, holy moly. And we, you know, we came back for Midway and we became the youth ministers, you know, really quickly after we came back, you know, we just wanted to plug in and we wanted to make a difference. And so people don't prepare you for that transition either, because, you know, 
when you're at a Faulkner, or a Harding, Lipscomb, wherever, you know, we had daily chapel at 1030. Yep. Every night there was a devotional at 1030. So 1030 was the holy half hour. Right. Is what, you know, <laughs> what we called it. And, you know, you've got the freed required a Bible class every semester. You know, I know each school has a different mm-hmm. way of doing it. Uh, but as much as we griped about it, people were pouring into us spiritually every day every of day. the week. And then you come out of that. And in my case, I came out to do ministry and you start doing it and you pour out every day of the week. And all of a sudden, none of the things that are pouring into you are there anymore. And that's yeah. a weird transition. It's very weird. And, you know, it's I mean, it's kind of like leaving your church home, too. I mean, it's something, we, you know, we we talked about. I had a job offer there before I left and so did Vance. And it yeah. was like, you know, we just we really had to make that choice. Like, what do we do? Do I we stay? that was hard to turn you know, down. It was because his was, you know, a very lucrative job with someone from the church that he really respected and loved. And mine was through the Christian school that I got time to do hours with and fell in love with that was, you know, on the backside of campus. And so we had lots of opportunities and, you know, Vance had a house there and we got married over the summer. I had to student teach. So we were there and we, you know. We just had to make a lot of big decisions in a short amount of time. And, you know, I think that made us stronger in a lot of ways. And that's what probably allowed us to come back and just kind of find our place, you know, just trying to figure things out and be very prayerful and have our family, you know, and our church family prayed over us. I mean, they all, you know, were so encouraging and wanted the best for us. And, you know, they understood when we turned things down and we, you know, Ultimately, I wanted to go home. Family was has always been a huge piece of my life, and it's it's who I am. Right. So we get together almost every Friday night to have dinner, all of us, and yeah. we haul all twenty something of us on vacation every single year. Like we're just we're very close, and so it was something that I, I craved. Don't like twenty seven people well enough to vacation yeah. with them. I just want to throw Listen, that out there. Hey, and we do it. And we may not like each other all the time, but we do it. <laughs> That's um, family. It is. Um, but. We moved back and, you know, we pushed into that. And I think that was really good for us. It challenged us in a lot of ways. I, whew, I've i got some I've got some stories and some memories and things that I look back on and I go, what were we thinking? Holy yeah. cow. Like, did we really do that? And we had those conversations and we sat up late and we got late night phone calls from teenagers dealing with some serious stuff. You know, I mean, we were out in, you know, when you start pushing out into those places and you know you're looking at some economically disadvantaged and some different things and some home lives that are just not pretty i mean the the majority of our kids were van ministry i mean they didn't have parents that showed up for them they didn't have family it was you know we pick you up from your house so they can have a break from you for a little while and you can possibly get fed and have some food and get a snack and you know get some loving and then we drop you right back off at your house and then you know vance and i very much became parents you know very quickly and it's funny when you become parents to teenagers before you have your own kids. Uh, absolutely. That's another ministry phenomenon people don't appreciate. Absolutely. You know, you know we waited a while before we had kids and church people keep asking why we hadn't had kids yet. And we'd yeah. say, because we hang out with yours. Right. <laughs> we're, we're spending all of our time. I, I literally think we've had the same yeah. conversations yep. with people because we waited about three years yep. before, you know, we had Ledger and um, we spent the majority of that time, you know, working with the youth and, yeah. and trying to stay plugged in and doing all those things. And then of course I started teaching and, and Vance was working. So we had our things going, but, um, we, we did, we got pregnant with Ledger and 
you know, at that time, I just told Vance, I said, you know, I think we just, we have to start thinking about our own kids at this point, you know, and I was very blessed to have a really strong family and to have people supporting me growing up there. But we knew, you know, Landmark is where we came from and we always aspired to find something, you know, along those lines. And so we kind of made that decision um, about the time that Ledger was born that, you know, we might try to venture out somewhere else and take a different path. And so we stepped down and um, we shifted to Pegram Church of Christ, which, you know, was a little bit bigger and had kids that were, you know, in our our realm, our world where I was teaching. So I knew a lot of the people and um, my mom and stepdad were going there. So our family chose and that was a that was a really hard time probably in my life because my whole world I had grown up, you know, with Granny and Papa and I knew, you know, I was going to go back and I was, you know, you want to feel supportive of them and you want to be there. But, you know, it was one of those things where it was like, you know, at this point I have to make sure that we're doing what's right for our family. And so we made that move and Pegram was wonderful and they've been so good to us. They, they were with us through, you know, both of our babies and, you know, just small groups and it's a great church it is great and there's Um, some amazing people except for jason allison he's the devil is he he's i tell you you know he he gives you run for your money that's for sure (laughs) he'll pick on you when you when you least expect he's amazing he's one of the sharpest wits that i know yeah but that whole it's funny i mostly know the staff just from our church interactions but courtney and aaron and so many others uh, they do some good stuff and i have mad respect for that church yeah well and i i was telling I went to a baby shower there last Sunday and I said, you know, we didn't leave because we were upset with them. We left because we moved to Buddy Road and and we're like, we're three minutes and, you know, we're very much, you got to be close when you got kids and we need to keep our kids plugged in and we need to do all those things. So we, we made that tough decision to move out here um, and, and change up. And it's cool because it doesn't matter when we go back. It still feels like family just embraces yeah. you. You walk through the door and you're getting hugs galore and it's nobody. Oh, they left. You yeah. know, they went somewhere else. It's never, it's never been that way. And there's never been anything but just, we're still praying for y'all. We yeah. miss y'all. We love y'all. You know, it's just been constant pouring, pouring in and pouring out and all the things from them. And so yeah. they, um they have been so great and still really close relationships you know i see i just love that Aaron all the time because i work with his wife Lori at at school and jackson daycare with thatcher so we still get those interactions so it's nice to feel like you've got family Mm -hmm. other places that you go well our uh, experience this past summer doing awake camp with pegram was so cool uh and i really enjoyed that partnership you know we've had a lot of partnerships over the years we've we've partnered with white bluff and god has done a lot of cool things through that partnership yeah a lot of people there I love and respect and, yeah. and appreciate. Yeah. Uh, but what we did this summer at Awake with with that crew was just, uh, it was refreshing to me and it was pretty cool. It is really cool. Um, it's a great group. Their youth group is phenomenal and they're young adults, the Gap group like ours, um, super cool. My sister. They've adopted our Gap group and they've done a bunch of stuff yeah, together. I uh, love it. Glow in the Dark Pickleball, I think, which I don't understand <laughs> yes. How that's not done on drugs, I think. It feels like that should be required. (laughs) Listen, Vicky and Greg are all about that pickleball, so that doesn't surprise me at all. Um, That's where my sister, I think, got started doing it. So Pickleball or drugs? Pickleball. Okay, just clarify. Michaela, if you're listening, I didn't insinuate that you're on drugs. (laughs) (laughs) That that was me, Michaela. (laughs) I love it. Um, Yeah, I... 
I, I would say that through everything, you know, when somebody looks at you and asks, what's your God story? I, I know for sure that God's not done with me yet. And he's doing a lot of work in me right now. Um, I've dealt with a lot of stuff and, you know, it's, it's cool because I'm not going to say when I was younger that you're taught to keep everything in because that's not necessarily it. I don't think I was exposed and I heard a lot of things from a lot of people. I don't know. Sometimes I think as Christians, we have to put on this pretty face and we have to act like everything is okay. And if your faith is big enough and if you pray hard enough, then, you know, and I saw my mom go through so much, but I saw her, you know, keep her faith and I mean, my grandparents went through a lot, you know, they lost a child and they, you know, they've gone through a lot, but I, I didn't really know what it meant to be vulnerable and transparent as much when I was younger. I don't think I was ever shown that by a lot of people. Um, and I think people were just afraid of judgment and of, you know, being less than. And so, you know, that's one thing I went to college and, um, I was diagnosed with depression, yeah. you know, and it was hard because, you know, I had done it all right and everything, you know, I'd followed the path. And so I kind of started like my mental health journey then. And, you know, it's been something that I've dealt with a lot, you know, after I had Ledger, I had really bad postpartum and had it not been for my church family and my family and my faith, like that would have been a very very trying time for me, you know, and um, so I'm I'm grateful, and I think we still have a lot of work to do here. Mm-hmm. But I'm grateful in the last few years, uh, kind of a, a renaissance in the church of discussing mental health, depression. Um, you know, on this this podcast, we've had conversations with Greer, uh, where he talked about that with uh, uh, Bethany Quinn, uh, who talked about her experiences. Uh, uh, who else? Phil Cochran. Talked about some of his experiences. Uh, Joey Wink talked about some of his experiences. And like, I think sometimes, I don't mean to name drop to name drop, but I think when you find out that good, faithful Christians struggle with anxiety and depression, um, maybe it it gives you permission to say, I need help too. Um, I can talk about this. It's okay for me to, to not be okay. Absolutely. I mean, that's where, you know, I bedded that down for so long and you don't share that with people and you don't tell people those things and you know then it was I was at work and I found out that some of the greatest educators that I knew that I respected and mentored me were in the same boat that I was in yeah they're like Brittany we're on medication too I go to a therapist I do all the things like it's not uncommon and I I guess it kind of gave me this empowerment that like I need to be that person. There may be somebody who needs to hear it from me. Yeah. Um, and so that's something that, you know, I have definitely struggled with um, for years. And I'm very thankful. I've had lots of resources and lots of people. And, you know, education is very stressful. And so I think any, so I've heard. any educator would tell you, you know, there's just there's so much. And um, you, you bring a lot of that home. But I'm very grateful because I've had a very... Um, forgiving and understanding husband when I bring home a lot of those emotions and a lot of those experiences and he's just been a good listener and then he joined in the education world and his literal words were I had no idea like I literally had no idea and so sometimes being in a two educator household it can be you know a little crazy at times and the emotions run pretty high but um it's you know it's definitely been a grace giving situation and 
you know, sometimes people don't always understand you and they don't get it. And it's really hard to explain where you're at, you know, and you do feel like, you know, there have been times where I've thought, well, if my faith was just stronger, Mm -hmm. if I was just a better Christian, would I be dealing with this or would I be going through this? And, you know, like you said, I mean, listening to to Greer's had me in tears, you know, it, it was just it was so nice to hear somebody that I've seen get up on Sundays and literally say some of the most well-spoken, mm-hmm. beautiful, heartfelt prayers and just really get up. And he just, he has a voice that I think I want to narrate my life story. Yeah. Um, but him, him or Morgan Freeman, I'm good with either. I'm good with either, but it's just like, I love just listening to him, but just to hear that somebody that I feel like, you know, reflects such a mature Christian to deal with that. You're like, oh, I'm not alone. Yeah. And I just, I love that, you know, the culture has kind of shifted to where people can be open about those things. Because if you don't talk about it, you know, it's like talking about it with people has been huge for me. But I also know that I have people praying for me. And I have people that are in my corner and they're ready to, you know, just be there at any turn for anything. So um, that's been huge for me because I've I've dealt with a lot of that stuff, Um, you know. 2020 was a year that I I probably lost a lot of my faith, Hmm. truly. Um, It it was a hard year. I I had the ups and downs of different things, and I I questioned a lot of things. And, you know, I I don't think God is angry with me for it. But, you know, I had some angry conversations with him, and I was very upset. You know, Um, we had Thatcher in the middle of COVID, and I got really sick, and Um, I was hospitalized and I turned septic and, you know, things got kind of bad. And then my retina detached and I had all this cataract surgery and all these things happen. And in the midst of all of that, we lost Vance's mom suddenly. Mm. Um, She had a brain aneurysm and died after, you know, months of being in the hospital. And she got to meet Thatcher one time. Um, And so we have a picture um, of her holding him. And the only reason why I said, you know, I look back now and what was one of my greatest storms is one of the greatest blessings because had I not been hospitalized, mama would not have come because they were afraid of COVID and they didn't want to expose her before her surgery. Gotcha. But they came to help Vance with the boys while I was in the hospital. Gotcha. And so that was the only reason why mama got to meet Thatcher. Wow. So um, we had just lost Vance's grandmother. Um I mean, within a year. And so it was like he lost his grandmother and he lost his mom. And, you know, I was dealing with everything. And, you know, to know Vance's mom is to know one of the greatest people that has ever, you know, just a light. She was a light beyond a light. And to lose her was huge. It was like losing my other mom. And yeah, I didn't understand. And I was very angry. And somebody who brought so much glory to his name and somebody who was so great. And was so much to us and to me, you know, I just, I I just, I questioned a lot in that time. And, you know, Vance was grieving and, you know, our marriage hit a really huge snag. Um, and we were both just in a place of just, it was just a lot. And you've got about 400 major stressors happening simultaneously. All at the same time. Any relationship yep. is going to have some major struggles yep. going through that. And we've just had a brand new baby. So we're juggling trying to be parents to two. You know, I said COVID was a great thing and a terrible thing because I, you know, didn't have to take maternity leave and it allowed us to spend time at home as a family. And, but Thatcher had to have surgery within, you know, 10, 10 weeks of him being alive. He had to have, you know, 
pyloric stenosis surgery because he his muscles were growing weird in his stomach and he wasn't digesting food. So, you know, you're dealing with all that while I'm sick, while my eyes are failing, while I'm, you know, and it was like. And this is the time period where you can't have one person with you in a waiting room at a doctor's office none. while you're like, I was just, completely alone through all yeah. of it. That was the hardest part is, you know, I didn't have my mom there like it was planned and. My mother-in-law was supposed to be in the delivery room with us and that didn't happen. And like so many things that I had planned didn't happen. And, you know, I just, I really started to question things and, you know, we weren't able to go to church, you know, we were still watching online, but we weren't there. And I just think it was a time that I just, I I started to pull and it was the time in my life where I probably felt the lowest. Yeah. And I just, you know, I was, it was just really hard. I, I questioned a lot of things and I just got really down and, um, you know, when your marriage starts to hit a rocky point, you know, that's hard too. And it, it just, you know, we did a re-engage at PRM. Oh, yeah. That's um, a great program. I've heard it, it's really good. It hands down, you know, saved us. And at the time, and, you know, just, we were just in a really, you know, yucky place. And so re-engage, you know, was really good for us. And then, you know, the next year, you know, it kind of just felt like it kind of kept, some things just kept happening. My parents' house burnt down mm. in July of the the next year while my sister was on uh, the Appalachian Trail. Oh, I um, didn't so that was at the same time. Yep, she was on the trail and had to come home, take a break, you know. And she came home for a little while, and she stayed with us. My mom was and my stepdad were staying with my grandparents, and um, you know, some things have happened, you know, with with my mom and my stepdad and you know they're just kind of going through a period right now and trying to figure things out and so it just it seemed like for a year solid things just kept going the hits just and it just kept coming and it just kept coming and you know it just it felt hard and you know it, it just sometimes when it rains it pours so it's like you know then we we got the house and we moved to to Burns and you know I feel like we've kind of been on an upward trajectory of where things were and you know we've we've definitely you know tried to plug in and find our space and and different things like that but you know it's like when somebody tells you what's your God story you know for me I'm going right now like I'm still being worked on like to this moment like I'm being refined and it's like you know you feel like sometimes you're going through the fire and you know, Vance and I are working on our marriage right now. You know, we've we've hit another wall and it, it's just, it's constant. Marriage is never a never ending work in progress. And well, see, I, I appreciate you sharing that because what sometimes unfortunately happens with a lot of the episodes in this, um, people wait to do this conversation until they're on the other side of all the stuff. Yeah. Um, until it's better and there's a happily ever after. Yeah. But I think stories in the middle of the fires, literally and figuratively, all the different things, because, right. you know, it, it's clear from what you're saying, there's still, there's still grief. There's still marriage stuff. There's still career stuff. There's still kids stuff. There's still yep. life stuff. And all of this stuff is, it's not over. Yeah. And I think, I think one of the biggest myths that Christian believe, and it's not just a Christian thing, it's an everybody thing. We believe that that progress should be linear and constant. Every day should be a little bit better than the day before. You yeah. know, like there should be constant improvement, but that's not the way life works. It's, Absolutely not. It's fits and starts and two steps forward and seven back and 83 Absolutely. forward and zero step, zero step, zero step, zero steps, one step. I mean, it's just, yes. it's unpredictable. And um, there's no such thing as a finished story. Nope. I mean, if you're still breathing, the story has a lot left to be written. And yep. that's important. And it, you know, it seems, you know, sometimes it's like, 
you know, it, it will be going pretty constant and then, you know, something hits, but that's why I've, you know, my mom's always told me and my grandparents, that's why you have to have church family. That's why you have to have the people, you know, that are in your corner that are going to yeah. fight for you when you don't have the strength to do it. When you don't have the words to pray, they can intercede for you and they're there to do that. And, and you that feel was the thing that felt missing in 2020. I yep. mean, you know, the, your church family didn't cease to be, but relationships are made by proximity. Absolutely. Um, you know, I'm almost grateful for some of the 2020 stuff. I'm grateful because it caused churches to invest in some of the things that we can use to uh, to reach each other at a distance. Like, I yeah. think it's really cool how many podcasts spun up or video tools. You know, I love that when it snowed, we still had a way to do something. That's Absolutely. something like, I think that's really yes. cool. Yeah. But what it really did was demonstrate I'm glad I had that as a placeholder, yeah. but nothing beats people getting in rooms with each other, sharing meals with each other, doing life with each other. Yep. That thing, that's the magic sauce of church. Absolutely. You know? uh, I mean, the spirit of God is the magic sauce of church. Okay. You know, right. But, right. You know, the, the tools that he yes. tends to use are, Absolutely. are mundane life together, being together, yep. um, you know, playing spoons and breaking someone's arm. You know, Absolutely. That's, that's, that's part of where yeah. souls I mean, are formed. Our small group, when we first got plugged in here, you know, with with the Coons and the Watsons and um, just getting plugged in with people that are in the same walk of life we're in with little kids, with, yeah. you know, full-time jobs, with the crazy and the constant and the chaos. You know, it's nice to feel normal, yeah. you know, and to not feel weird. Well, you but felt normal. That's I, cute. <laughs> right. For, for a moment, maybe. Okay. But then just having those, you know, real raw conversations with them that it's a safe space and we can have those conversations. And it's like, you know, you just you don't get that with everybody. And it's like, you know, had we not had our faith through a lot of this stuff, would I've gone under? Would I still be here today? Would I still be, you know, fighting for everything? Would, you know, yeah. I still be fighting tooth and nail for my marriage, you know, because it's like, you know, when God puts two people together like he did me in Vance. I'm telling you, and I'll get emotional crying about it, but, you know, it happened because he put us in the right spot at the right time. Yeah. Right when I needed somebody and, you know, he was that person. And, yeah. you know, I, I feel like the same way, you know, we both were each other's support when we were away from home and away from family. So it's like, you know, I if I had a worldly view of marriage, if I had a worldly view of everything, would I be fighting, you know, yeah. to keep my best friend, you know, to, to keep things, you know, yeah. together or, you know, go through all the things. And it's like, you know, I've just, that's something that, you know, I've told him that I've loved the most about probably being at Burns is just, I'm not, afraid to be vulnerable i'm not afraid to be transparent with people i'm not you know it's nice to be at this stage in my life where i'm going to tell you the raw and the ugly and i'm just going to ask you to live in it with me for a minute and pray for me through it and yeah. be here and i would hope people feel the same yeah. you know so it's just it's really cool where we're at but like i said it's, it's a constant work you know yeah it's just, it's always being written and he's always doing these awesome, great, amazing things. And I see him bless my family every day. And, you know, me, our immediate family and my outside family, you know, the blessings that he's, you know, put on my mom and my grandparents and everybody, you know, and just seeing people that live faithful lives and how yeah. they're blessed. And it's like, you know, you want that and I want that for my kids. And, 
you know, just sometimes the world can just kind of drag you down a little bit. But it's sometimes, like, you know, it's sometimes it's even, your, you know, your sermon, you know, that you were talking about. It's like, you know, when we talk about Jesus coming quickly and it's like, you know, it is hard to think about what our kids will grow up with and things like that. But it's, you know, it's that idea that we have support and it is yeah. so important mm-hmm. to find your people. Yeah. And to do life with those people, but to also have a common goal. And it's, we just want to get another soul to heaven in ourselves. And, you know, the excitement to see mama again or grandma again, or, you know, those people that, you know, we miss so much or we're grieving now and just, you know, I feel like we need like a circle of people to show up right now and start singing a common love right. or something. Like, you know, <laughs> right. It feels like kind of the, the right way. Right. To, That's a wrap. It, it's so true. Yeah, it is. So, well, man, Brittany, thank you for your encouragement today. Yep. Do you have any other stories you want to share with us? No, I, you know, I think I've may, may have told you more than <laughs> you bargained for. Anybody <laughs> listens bargained for, but, but I appreciate you the opportunity. Throw up? I did not. And I told you that I might. And Here I we are. Yay. We are, this is like our 60 something straight one with no vomiting. No so, vomiting. Uh, that's awesome. Someday that streak will end, but not, not with today. me. <laughs> not on your watch. Not me. Well, friends, thanks so much for listening. And I hope that today gives you permission to be a little bit more vulnerable, to share your story, to work with somebody, to fight for the things you care about. I also hope that maybe today helps you appreciate the idea of a church family a little bit more because, um, you know, it's kind of easy to see the the warts and the wrinkles of church. Um, Look, I know how the sausage is made. I know the problems. I know the politics. I I know the ugly side. But I'm glad you heard uh, Brittany tell you why this still matters because it does. Absolutely. Well, friends, you know where to find this podcast. I hope you will share it with somebody else, so maybe it will bless them too. Until next time, I can't wait to hear what God's up to in your story. Thanks for listening to Rough Drafts. Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss a single episode. While you're at it, help us spread the word by leaving a rating and review. Until next time, let's keep looking for how God writes His love into our stories.